Welcome to the Video Insiders Podcast. This is Carlos Pacheco. And I'm Tom Martin. And we are two grizzled YouTube veterans who have worked behind the scenes managing YouTube channels, managing YouTube networks for quite some time. Uh, I think we've, we've managed or ge- helped generate quite a few views in our, uh, in our careers, right, Tom? Uh, yeah, quite a few billion of views, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we are here to talk about the behind the scenes of uh, YouTube. It's not about the drama. It's more about uh, the optimization and what's happening behind the scenes that affects us, that affects the people who are managing the channels. So what is a, what is affecting you this week, Carlos? <laughs> How, what is the word on the streets? I'm, I'm trying not to talk about the weather. <laughs> actually before we get to the word on the street i wanted to thank our our sponsor tubebuddy is the ultimate tool for creators to streamline their daily workflow on youtube allowing more time to make great content for brands to help reduce busy work and focus on what matters most growing your business on youtube for agencies to help manage multiple clients and channels and for networks which gives partners the tools for success and an attractive incentive for recruitment. How can people sign up, Tom? Yes, if for some crazy reason you're not already using TubeBuddy, you can do so and get an exclusive multi-channel discount by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy. And I just wanted to make a special shout out this week to Phil, who is the CEO uh, and great leader of uh, TubeBuddy. If you haven't managed to see Phil at, at one of the many conferences where TubeBuddy have got a, a booth, then make sure you do. He is just so helpful and so generous. Yet again this week, I reached out to him for a bit of help, and he just instantly replied, and it was done. He like it just, and I think that reflects basically the whole company. They're just uh, always on the side of their creators. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, actually, I was doing a workshop yesterday with a client and you know this is like a big production company that has bunchable channels and i was amazed they don't they didn't use any tools <laughs> and they're like you know why why aren't our channels growing and i was like well there's a bunch of reasons but one of the major reasons is you're not using a tool like tubebuddy which in this day yeah. and age is kind of insane i literally sold them a, a license right away <laughs> they're like sign me up sign me up i'm like great Let's do it. Ching, ching. Ching. Uh, awesome. Nice. So thanks again too, buddy. This week, I think, is going to be a very uh, anecdotal podcast. It's going to be a little bit of our experience in regards to boosting in terms of views. Some people call it boosting. Some people call it paid ads. Just any sort of tactic that's not organic, paying for views, essentially. And just to clarify, we're talking about purchasing views via youtube and google's own platform we're not talking about buying dodgy views from click farms or third parties that's just true. to make that clear the discussion on that is very very short don't do it it doesn't work and uh youtube can sense that and you might get your account suspended or something like that so Yes. Some, someone might have tried once to get subscribers just to see if that actually works. Yeah. And, you know, it, it does. But, you know, you, you look at the subscribers and you're like, oh, they're all like, you know, fake accounts. And yeah. within weeks, those numbers start dropping. 
Uh, yeah, I was going to say, do, do YouTube either close those accounts or do they yes. start to discount the numbers? Because they must see that there's an unnatural pattern in the subscriber growth. Like all of a sudden, you know, you're getting two subscribers a day and then within an hour, there's been a thousand new subscriptions like that. They must be able to to pick that up. Well, I mean, the services are smart enough to also not do that all in one day. They tend to do it like, you know, 50 or 100 a day and all that sort of stuff. But still, yeah. you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. At the end of the day, it's not worth it. I'm just, you know, uh, it's one of those things where I was like looking at it and I was like, everybody's talking about it and I just want to see what the results in. And I had like a throwaway channel that I could just test yeah. that on. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened and all that sort of stuff. So. The, the reason why this is sort of like of interest to me is I, I recently started working with a client who they were already underway to doing very well organically, but because they're a brand, they're like, no, we still need to boost. We still need to boost it. And I'm like, okay, great. That's fine. But I kept warning them that, you know, the organic stuff is where we learn the most. When you pay for ads on Google ads, the learnings that you get are on Google ads. That's where you optimize. It's not on, on YouTube. And that's one of the biggest sort of like the biggest issues with paying for ads is that the data that you're going to collect and the behavior that you're going to learn is not the, the, the YouTube behavior or what's working, what type of content is working for you. It's what ad is working for you. And you'll only see that on the Google ads dashboard. And for me, that's a big sort of like blind spot. It sort of creates this, you know, this sort of wall uh, over your, your YouTube content that turns it into, and, and that the only thing, the only data you're, you're really paying attention to is the ads and you'll only have to keep driving views through the ads to get more views. Yeah. So what you're basically saying is you're kind of masking any deficiencies, then you're not able to kind of see the true uptake and response to a video because you're, you know, sending quote unquote unorganic traffic to it. Yeah. But I want, I want to take a step back before we, we kind of dive into the discussion <laughs> and just talk a bit more about, um, just kind of the ad platform in general, what options there are, because there are quite a few options in terms of ad formats, targeting, types and and stuff like that yeah. and there'll be a lot of our audience that don't have any experience uh with ads there will obviously be lots that do have a lot of experience and so i'm going to quickly fess up and say that i'm on the side of virtually no experience <laughs> uh you know I, I i like to think of myself as a as an expert uh, when it comes to all things youtube and um you know that doesn't mean to say that i'm not constantly trying to learn and keep up to date but the one kind of one kind of weapon that's missing in my arsenal is definitely um, mm-hmm. paid, paid, paid ads and paid views. And whenever I work with a client, I'm always the first person to say, absolutely, I'm not the expert in paid traffic. I'm an organic expert. I'm not going to give you advice because I'm, I don't believe in, you know, bluffing my way through it and taking people's money. So I always just say, I can refer yeah. you to experts in this field who are the best in best in class. I have been on a couple of training courses. I've had some internal training. So in theory, I know what to do. I know what buttons to press, but I've never really implemented my knowledge of ads because without wanting to blow too much smoke up my own, you know what I've had so much 
organic success that it just seems to be a, a waste of money. Um, so that's kind of framed my part of this conversation. So most of mine is going to be secondhand and me asking Carlos because Carlos has a lot more experience with ads, which he's going to enlighten us with now. Yeah. And then sort of to give you a little bit of background for me is uh, I worked for 15 years in advertising agencies and the last 10 years in digital marketing before I, I turned into YouTube sort of shifted my careers within that industry is uh, I kept shifting vocations. I kept trying new things. And uh, the last thing I did before the last few years is, is learn all about search engine marketing and Google AdWords at the time. It's now just called Google Ads. I was always sort of like passionate about, you know, building audiences and, and uh, organic. And once I switched to Google, I mean, so when I switched to sort of YouTube and content, that was even more. I loved it even more. But, and I get even personally, <laughs> there's a little part of me that dies every single time that client says, oh, can we boost this and, and I, I put some advertising money behind it? Because, you know, like to me, I love the fact of growing something organically, but brands think differently. Brands are all about exposure, awareness, and all that sort of stuff. So uh, they're, they don't look at, at YouTube as an opportunity to monetize and all that sort of stuff. So it's just uh, a platform to them. They just look at it as, a, as an advertising platform and they look at the content and on it as an ad can i just jump yeah. in with a question here just purely out of my own curiosity how much do you, you know you said that brands just care about that reach and they're not too worried about the real impact of the of the marketing i think that's definitely the case in well they're, they're, of course they're, they're they want the impact of the marketing true but so my question is how much of that is based on the brand as a company wanting to get maximum reach and how much of it is marketing manager needs to make sure that a certain number has been hit. So it looks like they're doing a good job. Um, both. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things where we, you know, we, we've had that situation lately when we're working with a client and we're, you know, we're a different type of agency and my day job is we're, we're not looking to create the biggest reach we want to build an audience. And, uh, but it's still a juggling act where, uh, the client wants to see numbers and wants to see big numbers. So if you come to them when, uh, we recently launched a podcast and podcasts are notoriously hard to grow organically. Tell me that. Um, <laughs> tell a friend about and, this episode, uh, guys. Tell a friend. <laughs> and, you know, so we are forced to sort of like buy ads. To them, the, the brand doesn't care. They don't care. They have a budget. They just, they want to, they want those audiences and they, you know, they want to see those numbers. So if you come back to them with like a few hundred downloads and they're like, well, how come you didn't spend a budget? How come you didn't do this? Right. So there was work to build that organic, you know, those organic listens, but the client's like, well, that's not enough. They, they're sold on these huge numbers. And we all know that your important audience isn't huge. Like the audience that really makes you money isn't huge. You have to find your best audience and your best audience is usually a very small audience, but the way brands approach this is to pay and spray is, you know, uh, go as, as wide as possible to capture anybody that would be of interest to their content. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a juggling act on one end. You're trying to make it as efficient as possible. And on the other end, they still want to see big, you know, impressions and view numbers and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Makes Total, it makes total sense. <laughs> I think a lot of it is to do with impatience as well, because you know, there's also that. Uh, 
they want growth. Of course they do, but they also, they're not going to wait for five years. Like I often tell people you might need to wait before, if you're going to do it kind of purely organically. There's another, there's another element that's like insane. Like, you know, the, the timing is another one. Like, you know, there's, there's studies when it comes to like CMOs and how, CMOs jobs are one of the, like, they change, not they change, but they don't last very long in companies because, you know, a marketing, you know, execution and a strategy is not something that can happen and can cause results in three months or in a year. It can take up, you know, a few years for stuff to really start taking effect. But we're now in a society and digital society where, you know, we see results right away. So we think that's, you know, that's gonna, that's what's building the brand, but that's not the whole thing. So, I mean, we can get into this rabbit hole about the, the way of marketing things that's completely broken, but that's a little bit of the battle that have that's dealing in the industry. Yeah. So before we dive into kind of the effectiveness or not of these kinds of ads, I just wondered if you could give us a kind of one minute technical overview of the kind of options inside um, what those ads look like because there's a couple of ad types that you can run because from my limited experience i also remember that there is now really no quote unquote boost which is like on facebook you can actually just like create a post and say do you want to boost this click a couple of buttons and then it runs as an ad but on youtube that doesn't exist but that did used to exist didn't it so on the actual youtube platform you could kind of do some quick very quick paid promotion but that doesn't exist anymore. it's it, it was there it was basically this like dumbed down version of getting you to pay you know to, to set up an account on google ads and uh i've noticed that with the new google studio uh youtube studio that it's there this i see the option for promotion on uh, the videos um section of studio you know you click on the little drop down menu it says promote uh but the the Last I tried, and I haven't tried through that, it tends to bring you to like a, it just resets you to like a, a, you know, start a new Google ads account. Right. So, you know, like that's not, that's the, yeah, there is, I just checked it while we're talking. Yeah. Basically it says, you know, I'm literally logged in to Google ads and I just clicked on promote and it still drives me to like, like almost like a get started page. And it's still, it's still almost like I need to create a new account and all that sort of stuff. It's not very intuitive, like, like Facebook is. Yeah. Which is, I'm very just surprised really that they depreciated. Is that the word depreciated or, you know, got rid of that feature because it seems like a very easy way to to make a lot of small amounts of money where you know people that just want to quickly get an extra ten thousand views might you know click a couple of buttons and spend twenty dollars it seems like an easy way to make money for youtube but yeah it was also very inefficient um just to let you know it was very sort of like hey put 20 bucks don't ask too many questions you'll get views of <laughs> a situation yeah. so and any marketer that has worked on google ads would never use that system yeah. <laughs> they would go into google ads and manually program the campaign uh the way they want targeting the way they want and all that sort of stuff we tentatively avoid that 
you can get really deep into Google uh, Google Ads in terms of the formats, you know, the skippable ads, the you know suggested ads, and all that sort of stuff. And I don't think you know it's worth it for us to spend too much time on that. Uh, you know, there's targeting, there's retargeting. It's really advanced. You know, there's retargeting, there's cookie targeting, there's all that sort of stuff. You can just run ads against people that have been on your channel and watched your content and and you know at least that for me is one of those like the most sort of like effective ones because you know somebody that's already been there organically but and yeah at the end of the day it's it's uh it's just the connections between google and 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 google ads or youtube and google ads is not as smooth as it used to be yeah um so just to kind of break it down if we did want to do just a really kind of technical overview there are basically pre-roll ads and there mm-hmm. are discovery ads uh, is there any other kind of main formats that i'm missing out and are you able to quickly just describe the difference between those two yeah i mean there's uh discovery ads there's pre-roll ads you can choose uh you know unskippable ads one of the interesting parts that uh, and you know the formats are all over the place and i expect there, there'll be new ones i mean you know there's a reason why youtube you know youtube's gotten the stories i would expect sooner or later we'll be able to put run ads against stories one of the interesting parts is is, that, is mostly the targeting it's sort of like you can choose channels that you want to run your video on and in the settings you know like well, there's a settings level where you can choose what type of content you want to be excluded from and that to me is is an interesting one because it showed a picture of what google considers content that is not favorable and that what's automatic automatically blocked from advertising and just to give you an example here excluded types and labels, what they consider labels. Opt out from showing your ads on content that doesn't fit your brand. And the auto, the one that's like standard clicked on is uh, DLMA, so mature audiences, and content not yet labeled. And what is content not l- yet labeled? Let me see. Videos that don't have any content labeled because they haven't yet completed the classification process, whatever that means. You used to be able to opt out from games. That's been deactivated i have no idea why and then on my end you know when i do my strategies and when i do my buys i opt out of live streaming because from my perspective behavior of somebody who wants to be who wants to watch a live stream they do not want to be interrupted they're not going to stop watching this live stream to go watch an ad so you know i make sure that i don't run ads against live streams so there's a bunch of like you know options to optimize your um the way you target uh, advertising. And I might, you know, when we put the blog post, I might take some screenshots and then put them up because there's even like another level of content type or inventory type. Uh, there's three buckets they call. They call them expanded inventory, uh, maximize availability by showing your ads on some sensitive content. There's standard inventory. This is the default. Show ads on content that are appropriate for most brands. And then, you know, what's excluded here is strong profanity, uh, strong sexual content, discussions of sex, violence either real or dramatized and that's sort of the standard default when you start a campaign and then there's limited inventory this is where you exclude most types of sensitive content and limit your available inventory so even moderate profanity moderate sexual suggestive content so that's where like you know you want to be extra safe you click on that 
and you're you know you're you put on against you know all much more safer content so yeah it's not a hundred percent clear but you know it's it's one of those things that sort of shows to you like why swearing on on your videos gets you de- sort of like yeah, partially yeah. demonetized cool so for the rest of this conversation i want to kind of uh as the kind of um beginner on this side of the conversation, I want to kind of set you a few questions or a few hypotheses, and it'd be good to get your input on it. And then I'll kind of throw in where I have some experience or have heard on the grapevine otherwise. So the first kind of big question that I wanted to put to you, it was actually a, a question that was put to me on a client call earlier this week. And then literally as I pressed the button to hang up, you sent me the exact same question uh, on a message. So I think this is really, really good and timely is, if I start to pay to get YouTube ads, will YouTube, for want of a better word, start to kind of uh, get used to that and then limit my organic reach because they want to encourage you to carry on with your ad spend? Is that an actual thing? It's kind of what I've heard as the general consensus, but I don't know how true that is and what the kind of caveats are to that if it is the case so a couple of things um a couple of years ago i went to this big youtube media event which was for broadcasters and and there was people from the ads team and the and and the youtube team and they, they've you know basically confirmed that ads on content doesn't affect sort of like uh they don't talk to each other right it's two different teams two different almost like two different companies right but anecdotally, I have seen this happen time and time again, where I've had a client channel that, you know, client wants to see views, doesn't want to see millions of views, but wants to see views. So they want to be boosted. And uh, we boost their videos for, you know, months, even years, a $50 here, $100 here, you know, channel grows slowly. But, you know, grows and obviously we're optimizing for SEO. We're optimizing for, you know, everything, you know, thumbnails, everything's making, everything's done right for organic. And client decides, you know, okay, channel's big enough. I'll let it go organic. And then all of a sudden, within two to three months, the channel blows up. And it's it's nothing new. Like, it's not about, uh, and and meaning, like, views start going up higher and uh, organic views start going up way higher. And it's not like he uploaded, like, 20 new videos. It was like, you know, he uploads every two weeks or two videos a month. And then within six months, less than a year, his channel blew up like i've never seen anything like like it right it, it, it went from he was you know four thousand five thousand subscribers now he's up to forty thousand subscribers and for his industry for what he's small and what he talks about it's huge so that was you know one of the first signs that i saw that like okay there's something going on here where as soon as you boost your videos it's almost like you know YouTube puts you in a different bucket and doesn't want to promote, doesn't want to suggest your videos anymore, doesn't suggest them as strongly. I've looked at analytics of a few cha- a few channels where I'll boost the video 
And then, you know, after two weeks or three weeks or a month, the, the campaign's done, you know, the, the, the video goes almost to zero, you know, views a day or like two to three views a day. It will literally take six months to a year. That video will start creeping back up and will start getting views again. Maybe a few months after, maybe a year later, that video is starting to generate like, you know, 50 views a day. And again, this is sort of examples here, but I'm 90% convinced that once you boost a video, YouTube puts you in this sort of like, we don't need to suggest these videos uh, as strongly anymore for whatever time period. And um, there's no proof of this. Google, Google, YouTube will always deny it, but I've seen it happen many times. Yeah. And are there any kind of caveats or way around it? Because um, I was talking to a good friend of mine yesterday who has some good experience with ads, but is not, you know, his day job is not to run ads, but he has experience of it. And he said to me that his kind of rule of thumb was that if he was ever going to run ads, he would never let the amount of paid ads overtake the amount of organic ads. Um, so you wouldn't have like 10,000 organic views and then a hundred thousand paid views. You'd have like 10,000 organic views. And so he'd run up to, you know, eight, 9,000 paid views. Is that anything, is that something that you've ever heard of? Does it make any sense from just, even just from like a logic standpoint? Uh, it's really tough. I think it's a good strategy and I think it's smart that he does. He lets, you know, the organic sort of like be the, the brunt of the views, because as mentioned earlier, the, you get a lot of data from that, right? And you get the data that you can actually use that data, that in, that data that you're seeing in Google analytics, oh, sorry, or uh, in uh, YouTube analytics to optimize your ads. So it could be much more effective. Uh, where I've seen it work best is when a channel has already momentum and you're you know you already have momentum and you need a, just a little bit of extra but again you you're gonna get addicted to that extra your ads will be way more effective because there's so much organic push already against it so you're gonna see a huge jump in views it'll cost you nothing per view like a cent per view but you know once you stop it'll go down it'll go down dr dramatically so yeah, it's it's almost like a drug. You you know, like we all we're all obsessed by the numbers, and we want to see that go up. It's it's something you need to balance and just understand what's happening. Cool. So the next question that I've got for you is is slightly related, and it might even play into why organic reach goes down. Is that you can imagine that when you get a natural or organic view on a on a YouTube video, that audience member is somehow already kind of warm to you they've either seen one of your videos before or because it's been suggested via because you know because it, they've been watching a video with a similar topic compared to a, a an ad view whether that's a pre-roll or a discovery ad probably more on the side mm -hmm. of a pre-roll i would expect that audience retention generally on a paid view is a lot worse than uh, an organic view. Have you seen that in the past? Cause in, I know that in analytics, they are separated out, um, organic and paid audience retention is separate. How much do you think that has taken into consideration by the separate kind of organic algorithm? 
is the performance of a, of a paid view. I think fundamentally it, it really affects your retention no matter what, because a paid view is not a view where somebody intentionally looked for your content and found your content through suggested or because it's relative to uh, another piece of content that they watched. So by far your retention on the video, even if not just the ad, the the actual video itself, which are two different things, uh, is going to be way below average for your channel. If YouTube sees your average view or average retention dropping, well, that's a bad sign, a bad signal for that. It was a kind of a not, a not a trick question, but a question that I kind of already had an answer to because I did ask YouTube this directly once, and they told me point blank that you know that you can see that they're separated out on youtube analytics and youtube paid views are not taken into account into the organic algorithm and search and discovery yeah what youtube say and what is the reality is sometimes poles apart so <laughs> i just really wanted to get your kind of inside of you as opposed to the official messaging that that i've been given they're right in what they're saying but it still affects your retention so my next and probably last big question on this is is a question that i get asked all the time which is you know is it worth uh, buying views to you know just speed up the growth of my channel which is what we've spoken about you know most of this this conversation and what i usually say is it's an easy way to burn for a lot of money if you don't know what you're doing uh, but secondly what i usually say is and this is probably just wisdom that's been passed on from other kind of people that are only doing ads all day every day because this is the question that i put to them is how do you grow a channel with paid ads and that what they usually say is well that's not really what we do with paid ads what we usually do is find someone who is actually selling something so whether they've got a physical product or an information product like a course or a program you know you take example something like um six-pack shortcuts which you would no doubt at some point if you're a male on youtube been served some kind of ad for is that youtube paid ads are best for you know you pay seven dollars to get a thousand views and you know that from each of those views you're on average you're going to make back twelve dollars mm -hmm. so where, where you can see like a direct return on investment for those ads because you're, you're ultimately just driving people to an actual advert as opposed to quote unquote a kind of normal video yeah so what, how much would you agree with that and how much do you think you can use paid ads as a a way to grow a channel as opposed to set just out and out selling stuff. Well, for me, uh, one of the recommendations that I I've sort of tried to do now is, and, and the client that I work with right now is that anything that's paid, what you're using the content for, you're using the content to promote something. And, you know, for this client in general there, they want signups to their newsletter. They want people just to go to their website and sign up to their newsletter because they're going to be launching something soon. That's where it's effective. That's where it makes sense. Try to build something off the platform. If you're trying to build, you know, and use those views, you're going to get views for the content no matter what. And, but if anybody, there's usually, there's an option for people to, to, when you create an ad, there's a link option, what link you drive them to. And most creators just drive them to the YouTube channel. Well, drive them to a website 
drive them to uh, a product. That's my wholehearted recommendation when it comes to this, this, uh, this scene is don't use it to drive views. Don't use it to grow your channel. Use it to, to grow your business. Yeah, that's where I'm coming at with this. Actually, I thought of one more kind of related question to all of this is if you know you're going to be doing a certain amount of paid, and this is probably more focused towards people who are actually flogging products or services, is there an argument to set up a kind of separate dark channel, like you would have like a dark Facebook post where you only do paid so that the success or not of those ads do not affect the performance of the you know regular channel have you ever heard of that does that make sense i just literally recommended that to a client yesterday who again is beholden to drive views but at the same time they're in the worst situation possible where their their goal is to grow the channel they don't have a product to sell and that's typical of a, of a production company and at the same time they're they're addicted to the numbers they want uh, they want to see those views and they want to show off those views i literally told them it's like every time you boost your channel you're just making it worse for organic growth i literally recommended them that they create a separate channel that's a hidden channel that all it has is unlisted videos that are the the ads that use those videos to drive to the youtube channel that to me is the most effective way to grow a channel without hurting it uh, within the suggested algorithm again i'm not you know, there's absolutely no proof that, you know, the suggested algorithm is hurt when you do ads, but I've seen it too many times not to believe it. Yeah. And what about using other platforms to drive uh, like paid traffic? You know, could you be running Facebook ads to... You could. And and again, you, you'll find yourself in the same situation where uh, it's not an intended audience, right? Google won't, won't, won't punish you as much or YouTube won't punish you as much in terms of like the suggested because they're going to see, oh, outside traffic's driving in, this video's popular. That could technically be better. And Essentially, it is, but your cost per view is going to be way higher because essentially your uh, every platform loves it when you spend ads on the platform to drive to the platform. That's the best business model ever, right? Like, oh, you're going to pay ads to drive people to grow my yeah. audience? That's awesome. And that's where everybody's fallen into this trap when it comes to self-serving platforms, right? Oh, it's cost us nothing to drive people to follow or to, to, to engage with our ad on the platform. As soon as you create an ad that drives off the platform, so if, for here, the example is Facebook ads to drive to YouTube, your cost per click, your cost per view is going to be way higher than if you did a Facebook ad to drive to Facebook. You know, if I do a cost per click campaign or a cost per view campaign on YouTube to drive to my website, my cost per views or my cost per clicks are going to be way higher to go to my website than to go to my YouTube channel. And I suppose as well as if YouTube are telling the truth and they can separate out the ad performance, paid performance versus organic performance, then you have some kind of level of protection. Whereas if you're driving people from say Facebook to a YouTube video and the audience retention is way below average, you don't have that buffer. Uh, that's, that's if YouTube are telling the truth and it is separate. 
There's another thing to be aware of, right, is intent and what people are actually looking for in terms of content, right? And, you know, as soon as you're advertising, you no longer care about what the user wants or what the viewer wants. You care what you want. So no matter what, the person that's going to come your way through an ad is never going to be as invested as somebody who found it organically or suggested or from a friend or on social media shared from a friend, all that sort of stuff. It's just... That's just the, the facts when it comes to that. Well, the only, the only thing I would say to that kind of playing devil's advocate is <laughs> one is it's a creative challenge to make an ad that is providing value in and of itself, which is what I always say to anyone. If ever you make a kind of promotional video, it would need to be equally as useful if you removed any mention of the product. And then the second point would be sometimes you can make a masterpiece, but if the competition is so high or you're not so good at the kind of optimization things that we are so good at, then maybe that audience does appreciate seeing that video, but it's just that they never yeah. would have found it otherwise. So it, there is, there is some argument for it, but I think I would say generally I am in the, in agreement with you that it's, you know, like you say, interruption marketing, marketing, isn't it? You know, yeah, exactly. You're taking someone out of their desired, journey or behavior well i bow down to you carlos your uh, your, <laughs> your knowledge and insights uh, way outweigh mine and i definitely need to sharpen up my my pace once in a while i, I know more than you <laughs> especially about toronto based weather goings on <laughs> um, I, think Funny. I think definitely we'll get somebody on who his job it is to only run youtube ads all day i know a couple of the kind of world's le world leaders in that kind of space so it would be good to get uh their point of view also it'd be great to get your point of view if you're if you've had good or bad experiences of running youtube ads you can get in touch with us hello at videoinsiders.fm or on all of the socials at video insiders or me at channel underscore feel or carlos's twitter which i am not going to be able to spell <laughs> carlos pachet underscore co but you know do you search you search me and i'm i'm one of the first ones on, on twitter he's the he's the carlos on twitter he's uh -huh. the number one and, carlos and, and, Little little sort of side note on that. There's a very popular Marvel comic book artist called Carlos Pacheco, and I get I get tagged and and add at so many times because of it. It's hilarious. That's also the only reason is you, reason you've got any other follower apart Followers. from me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. And I only follow you because I thought you were a comic book artist as well. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> but yeah, really interesting discussion. Would love to know your views. Would also love to know from the same channels, the same contact channels, what other topics you would like us to discuss uh, going forward. We've had some really good suggestions, uh, which we've used so far and love to keep them coming in. Also, of course, we cannot say goodbye without saying another huge thanks to Phil and the team over at TubeBuddy. And remember, you can get a unique and exclusive multi-channel discount by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy. Thank you, TubeBuddy. And also, as we mentioned before, it's really tough to grow a podcast audience. Uh, so we would really appreciate it if you share this with a creator, a brand, anybody that would really enjoy the ins insights that we bring of behind the scenes of managing YouTube channels and growing YouTube channels. So we're on every 
podcast platform. Actually, I think as of this week, we're on Deezer. Just look for uh, the Video Insiders podcast on platform of your choice. And obviously, if you love the show, give us a review on Apple Podcasts because that's the only one that counts. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a great Have a good couple one. of weeks.